Hey, what's up, builders? It's your girl, Kay Antoinette, the blogger. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get into the episode. up builders it's your girl k antoinette the blogger and you are now listening to the lbf podcast this is episode two of season three and we're going to get into a real heavy topic but it's going to be very good and very necessary this is the mommy issues episode and i have with me neat Cruz of the relationship status podcast back again guala meets world of the 1409 podcast and a fan favorite as always Miss Shakira, Spa Danny of uh, LBF Podcast. Because <laughs> you up here so much. But um, yeah, how y'all feeling about this topic today? Ooh. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm interested. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be good, but it's still a little heavy, but oh, it is what it is. What about you, Guala? <laughs> um. A therapeutic movement, right? <laughs> yeah, you got to talk about it. It always. might not be comfortable, but uh, it's it's always a form of therapy, talk therapy, when you talk about those things that uh, you rather, you know, shy away from or keep hidden in the dark. So let's put them in the light. Yeah, help release them from yourself. Yeah. Once you release them, they no longer have control of you. I wish you call them out and then you can, you know, better understand how to tackle them in your everyday life. So... All right, I'm going to start off with this quote. It says, we protect mama at all costs. We acknowledge the ways that daddy's flaws affected us, but we blindly uphold the sainthood of our mothers, even to the detriment of acknowledging the realities of their flaws. So what y'all think about that? That quote in particular. I think it might be different for women. Um, Because for me, I like saw all my mother's flaws and made sure I made a vow to myself that uh, when I got into like a serious relationship, it wouldn't be any similarities I could compare. Okay. Mm. Um, I can say the same. I was able to see all of my mom's flaws. So I kind of grew up like, I don't want to be like that. Gotcha. What you, uh, Kier? <laughs> um, I agree to a certain extent, like, I guess, like, younger Kira agrees and, like, the older Kira understands, like, and sees her flaws and just, like, okay, yeah, I need to change up some stuff so I'm, I don't continue the cycle. Right. Um, mine was different. Uh, my mom had sainthood very much so in my mind, and, I mean, she still does to some, you know, extent today. I just... I became more of a realist about the ways that her humanity kind of affected me as a child and as an adult. And uh, 
I was able to be honest with myself once I became a woman and understood what that meant and what that looked like. So, yeah, I think everybody is going to have a different interpretation of that quote and that definition. But that was something I wrote just thinking about my own journey. Um, why don't you think like, why do you believe people don't really think mommy issues is as recognizable as daddy issues? Because we're with our mother from birth on daddy usually has a choice to be around and if daddy leaves it's more noticeable to see those issues and how they come how they make us Mm -hmm. versus being in the same house with an individual that raised us and provided for us we're not supposed to um call them out on their flaws because they're doing Mm -hmm. what they're supposed to be doing i like that one that's that's very true i think that's you know part of the root of it is uh you always are supposed to show that appreciation. And so sometimes when you're honest, you know how they say like black parents think uh, um, of disrespect when you're just being honest with them. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of those things that can tie into there where it's just like, you know, honestly, this is how my experience was as a child um, with you. But then they see that as something that you're not supposed to actually call out. What y'all yeah. think? Yeah, I agree. I agree strongly. Um, Because there's a lot of things that, you know, growing up, your moms would do that weren't good at all. Um, Whether you were a boy or a girl, (laughs) they weren't healthy. Mm -hmm. But if you would call her out on it, it's like, I take care of you. You you can't tell me what to do. I make sure you're okay. Right. You're the child. I'm the parent. Mm -hmm. Like you you cursed her out or something. Oh, yeah. Telling her something about herself. It's like you cursing her out. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think mothers just do a good job of masking their flaws by always pointing out the flaws of the father? Um, I think that in some families that is true. Um, one of the exercises I did in one of my counseling sessions was to assign a role to everyone in my family, whether they were alive or not, you know, just from my childhood experiences. And one of the roles they had up there was scapegoat. And the definition that fit a scapegoat Um, was everything that we did, you know, as a family and, you know, my mother as a a partner to my father. And so I think that is um, a reality that we have to face. It's like sometimes you aren't able to even think about mama's flaws because you're so used to it being pointed out what daddy doing wrong, you know. You don't have room to think about nobody else doing anything wrong because he's always that scapegoat. So, yeah. What y'all think, Guala and Akira? Uh, why y'all think we um, don't recognize daddy issues as much as we do mama? Uh, I think for me was like, my dad wasn't there. So, you know, his absence, it was easier for me to just be like, oh, he ain't S-H-I-T and he left me and da 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 And my mama here, my mama, you know, taking care of me. So, you know, it's easier to praise her because she was the one that I was living with. So, um, <clears throat> I just, I don't know. For me, like, him being gone, it was just easier for me to just be like, oh, he left and she stayed, basically. That goes, that goes back to what I said. It's easier for men to have the choice of, they don't have to be around. So mm-hmm. when it comes to women, it's like, we're here since birth. Right. And you're going to appreciate me because I raised you. I made sure you didn't die. I made mm-hmm. sure you were cared for, fed, a roof over your head. 
Don't you dare 17 hours me. of labor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom would say it all the time. I was in labor with you for three days. Oh, you going girl, to it was difficult. <laughs> Jeez, you ain't want to come out at me, all. What? <laughs> I already knew how the world was coming. <laughs> you saw 2021. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how my son was. I mean, I wasn't in labor for three days, but he really didn't want to come out. <laughs> so we are in consensus, uh, consensus that we believe in mommy issues. Um, how do you think that plays out with both sexes? Like, what does that look like? Like some hardcore examples of like what a mommy issue is for a man or for a woman? I think a part of, and I could be wrong, um, but because I'm not a man, <laughs> this is just from observation. Um, but for a man, I think mommy issues come to play where they feel like they have to take care of their mothers. Mm-hmm. They're responsible. Become that husband. Yeah, they're responsible for their mothers. Like, I, my mom, she she needs help with this. So I, I have to go and make sure. They, they kind of let their relationship suffer. Mm-hmm. Their marriages suffer based off of how their mother feels. Right. You know, and I'm we're going to get further down into our, you know, our discussion with that topic. But it's interesting when I think about my own journey and, and seeing other women around me, I see that happen with daughters, too, where they'll let their own relationship kind of suffer for the sake of being there for mama, you know, and, and where does that come from? You know, why do they feel like they have to feed into their mothers so much um, and fill their cup up whenever they're running on empty? So. Yeah. Anybody else? What y'all got? Guala, I feel like you was about to say something. I was just gonna say, uh, my issues with my mom cause like trust issues with me. It's like difficult for me to trust people to okay. let them in. Why is that? I mean, because when you think about the relationship of a mother to a child, like we were saying, someone that brought you in this world, uh, it's your first experience of love, you know what I'm saying? And when somebody loves you, you don't think they'll do anything that uh, hurt you like mentally and emotionally. So you kind of like when it, when it happens, you know what I'm saying? You kind of look at people differently. Like mm-hmm. if this person that's supposed to be this for me did this, then you don't know what to think about other people. Got it. Kira? I agree. Um, that wasn't my, my situation, but I agree like with some... Um, some of my life I I can agree with that and I can um like for instance like um you know you put all into your mom you're like mom she raised me blah 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 and like you put put all your all of it in one pot and you just give her all this praise and be like put her on the pedestal and then like when she break your heart or she disappoints you you like well if my mama do this then you know somebody else can come and do it you know easier Mm. it'll be easier for them to do that so got it so when did y'all, you know, realize mommy issues was a thing? I, I, I kind of remember not so much the moment, but it was like a few years ago when I was like, you know, my dad had been that scapegoat all my life. And I realized that he wasn't the only one that, you know, got me to the point where I, you know, was struggling with a lot of stuff. So when when did that moment happen for you and your journey? Um, let me go. Uh, yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I realized it um as a preteen and a teenager but of course I was still living with my mom I'm broke so I gotta just you know bite the bullet most of the time I can't really say much um but I started to challenge her because I'm just like you know you're not always right you know but oh well um but more so the older I got especially when I became a mom and I was just like 
nah, some of this ain't right. Like, you know, you t- used to take mama word for the Bible. Like my mama <laughs> said it, so it's right. Like my mama, <laughs> you know, my mama said that. It, that's what I got to believe because my mama said it. But And then it don't work for you. You like, right. it. <laughs> I'm like, uh, you sure? Yeah. You know, just, and then the older I get, you know, just challenging it and it's like, okay, this is not the only way that you can do this. And you can make up your own way and pave your own way and, you know, thank your mama for what she did. But at the same time, it's like, I don't want to do it that way. And I don't have to. Okay. I like that. Um, what you got, Neek? Um, I realized that in um, high school, I started to notice like my mom treated me differently and it's like I was I was competition Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry and it would be to where and actually I I remember a conversation we had I remember telling her like we was in an argument I was like yeah I'm I'm gonna be better than you I'm not gonna do this I'm not gonna do that and she was like you'll never be better than me Oh, and I was like, that ain't right. Like- that ain't right. <laughs> that and she would get mad when I would um, kind of, I'll say, attach myself to older women, and she would accuse me of being gay. Like, no, no, not gay. She's just interesting. She is, and she shows, <laughs> yeah, she shows me interest. Like. I even found myself like wanting to be like other, like looking at other women as examples of who I wanted to be when I got older, because I didn't want to be like my mother. So we look for mommy too and other people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. How did like that make you feel whenever she said that to you, like on an emotional, mental level? Like what effects did that have? And how, like, how did you feel? Um, I was 15. Like, I remember the whole setup because I was in her room. Um, it was hard because it was like, I really, like, I really got to try hard. Like, I really got to prove her wrong that I can be. And even still today, like, it's hard. Like, I don't have that support. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it makes you feel, makes you feel bad. Right. It makes you feel like you kind of lost. Like, I really ain't got nobody. Like, nobody's rooting for me. Yep. I'm rooting for you, girl. <laughs> but I do understand. Um, and I'm sorry that was your experience. Um, what you got, Guala? I think for me, man, it was different. Like, in regards of my mother's feelings, I had so much anger and stuff that I wanted to say that I never did say. You know what I'm saying? And unfortunately, I didn't realize, like, how much those issues affected me until, like, after my mom passed away. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have the chance to get stuff off my chest. So I found myself just being like angry with the world. Felt like I was angry with myself and just people. Mm-hmm. And it kind of made me like distance myself. Okay. Um, that's definitely a thing. I've experienced that too, being angry and also in a grief process. Like, and that's one of those things where it's like you're angry because you're confused on what you're feeling. And then once you figure out what you're feeling, it's like you're conflicted with all the love you have for the person and all the, you know, messed up memories you also have with them. And, you know, when you go through it, it makes you stronger. But in that moment, it's one of those terrible things that I wouldn't wish on anybody. So, okay. Um, How do we recognize mommy issues and others? I know we kind of touched on that earlier, but like, like when you're dating somebody, how do you recognize their mommy issues? 
Mm. <laughs> I didn't want to be the first one to go. <laughs> Look, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> go ahead. You got it. <laughs> um, usually, because um, I will add about their mother and their relationship with their mother. So I kind of like, uh, you know, some guys would be like, me and my mom don't talk. I'm like, okay, why? You know, and kind of dig to see what kind of mommy the issues they have. Because I've noticed a lot of men have, like, depending on how their mother treated them is how they treat women. Mm -hmm. So if he's mad at his mother or his mother hurt him in some way, like, he can kind of take that out on me. Mm. And it can go from him not being compassionate, not being able to show me compassion um it can go into him thinking that you know he doesn't have to help in the relationship i kind of have to lead um or even if i come to him for help financially mentally or anything he may feel like i my mom did this and i've been in in situations where men um if i went to ask a man for help financially that i was dating or even like like, hey, I, I'm having a bad day. Like, can I lean on you? Yeah. And he's like, please, my mom was able to take care of five kids, clean up a whole house, and work a 12 hour shift. You should be okay. Ooh, that toxic example of like what womanhood means. Like, I think a lot of men do internalize that. I mean, of course, women do. But mm-hmm. on the scale of men, it, it shows up in your connections with them romantically, just like you said, when those expectations that their mom said that they didn't see behind the curtain about all the other stuff that she was dealing with, but they didn't mm-hmm. place those expectations on you. And you just like, I'm not about to do all that. I'm stressed. No. <laughs> like I want to lay down and go to sleep and I get up and you think you're telling me you, I, right. you can cook like, too. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. it, it came to play where like, I, I, I ask questions just to see, you know, where their relation or they may feel like they are their mom's boyfriend. They uh, handle that household. They're the man of the house of their mother's household. So it's like, okay, are you going to be able to handle a household with me and still handle, you know, your mom's household? You know, are you going to be able to be a a leader for me and a provider for me and my children and our children and, and build a life with me? Or are you still building a life with your mom? It's like some of them are stuck into that idea of that sainthood with their mothers. And so they can't break the idea. Mama's boy. Yeah. I mean, basically, that's what we talk about, you know, at some level. But um, it I mean, it shows up in other ways where, you know, you're constantly trying to prove yourself or um, prove your worth to make sure that the person understands, like, you know, I'm not like your mother in this way or I'm not going to meet those expectations that you have or, you know, of me that weren't healthy for your mother. So, um, yeah, what y'all got? Kira, Guala. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet. Y'all want me to talk or what? Please. I'm sorry. Yeah, you got how did you, re- how do you recognize mommy issues and others? I know, like, say you on a date with a guy and, like, his mom just blow his phone up, like. Oh, mm-hmm. sir. I need you to, <laughs> but at the same time, like, I can't really say, because my mom would do the same thing to me, but. Um, uh, you know, I put my phone on do not disturb lady. You don't want nothing. So I, anyway, but um, 
just like and you can kind of you can kind of sense the energy though like when they talk about their mom like if you ask them a question about their mom you know especially if you're on the first date or second date or whatever when it's fresh the way that they talk about their mom you can kind of tell like which way it's gonna go because if like they talk about their mom too much you're like okay you might be a mama's boy you might be like you know all in with your mama and there's no room for me or like if they don't want to talk about it you know there's some issues there that you have to address too so yeah I feel like there's an energy around it yeah I um I guess I go by how involved mom is in the relationship for one when it comes to women and how much response how much of mom's responsibility does she take on kind of like the same what you guys Mm -hmm. saying too yeah but like I said, it happens for daughters, too, where they step into that that space of, you know, taking over and taking care of mama to to a point where it's not helpful and it's actually to their detriment in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. How do you recognize mommy issues in yourself? <laughs> I'll go first. <laughs> um, I think uh, sometimes it's not a mirror, right? So sometimes we don't emulate what we see in our mothers. We emulate the opposite. So kind of like what you said, Nika, a little bit earlier is I did see my mom in a lot of ways um, be a damsel in situations where I wanted her to be stronger. You know, I I grew up in a house that was, a, you know, we had alcoholism, we had verbal abuse, you know, sometimes it was borderline physical abuse and it was all girls, you know, aside from my dad. And so we would take on that macho role. So what I see in myself is for me to have this very masculine energy where I'm always on guard with men in a lot of ways. And then that doesn't come from my daddy issues, just my daddy issues. It comes from my mama issues too, because I don't want to ever feel like I'm weak or I don't want to ever look like I'm weak. And that was something that I kind of had to you know, I'm still, you know, dealing with that too, where I'm, I'm, I'm making sure like I'm giving my mom credit where credit is due, but there were some, some things in our childhood where she could have, you know, been stronger in and because she wasn't, then I grew up to be the woman that I, I wanted her to be in some ways. And, so, and in some ways that doesn't help me because I don't, I don't freely allow people to help me in the ways that I might need. Oh, you got that. All my life, I had a fight <laughs> attitude. <laughs> Negative comment relief. Thank you. Yes, that's exactly what it is. I ain't gonna lie. I was sitting here thinking the same thing. Like, God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and and when I look at me and my sisters, we're very strong women. We're very strong women. I mean, we have different things about us. But what we did as children was we we rallied around my mom. You know, we became her soldiers. We became her her protectors, her fence from what we perceived as, you know, a threat from our dad. And, you know, that manifests it, it, itself in um, all three of us differently. So, yeah, that's uh, how I recognize mommy issues in myself. <laughs> Don't leave me out here hanging because that was a very hard thing for me to admit. I'm proud of you, though. You did it. Yeah. I feel like for me, man, my mom, she tried to like, I felt like she tried to sabotage like emotional connections. You know what I'm saying? And like the way I feel, especially like with my dad, like stuff she used to say or do. So I kind of see myself like having those issues because something could be going good and I get like paranoid. I feel like something's going to happen that's going to like make what's going good go bad. So I like 
kind of like fall back a little bit yeah. and be distant. It's kind of like, um, like as women, sometimes the world makes us jaded. But if you're a mother, how do you carry that back into your household? Like, do you allow your children to feel like they should separate themselves emotionally from different things so they don't get hurt? Because you feel like you know more about the world than they do. But, you know, that's that's one of those things that's not helpful because they're going to be emotional regardless. You just have to teach them how to control it and embrace it. What y'all got, Kier? Um, For me, I recognize, like, my hyper-independence. Like, my mom was the breadwinner, like, alone set up set apart from my dad not being there you know she just having to raise me by herself but like she had to raise like her siblings her mom my, my grandmother got sick so she was like the breadwinner so she had to go out and get it or whatever so she was like not there for me emotionally and I kind of I kind of see myself like trying to do the opposite like I try to be there for my son but at the same time like I also recognize when I like try to overdo it like as far as like get going get the money being a breadwinner because I'm too I am too a single mom so I <clears throat> I try to find a balance because I I remember how I felt as a child so I try not to do that to my son um also uh, I'm sorry I lost my place oh like um, <laughs> I do man because I be getting lost in my head but I love it um, I guess like feeling like I need somebody kind of sort of like what you what you said um not having having somebody to lean on like I felt like I really couldn't even lean on my mom like I could lean on my mom but I felt like I always had to pay her back or like I was always trying to make up for something that she did for me um or even or even like in in the sense of like having to close in the gap for my dad not being there. So I had to be strong for my mom. Mm-hmm. I had to be strong for the family. You know, when my mom, you know, she felt like, you know, she had nobody to depend on. So she depended on me, you know, to kind of like be her safety net or to be there for her. Hey, hold on real quick. What, uh, is she on the court or something? Who? Oh. No, I'm not on the court. We hear it, but I'm not. I don't hear it. Is it me? <laughs> no, you coming through clear. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry uh, if y'all listening. That's your mic. Hold on. Y'all give us one second. Do, 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 do. That's not y'all. That's what I said. Is it me? Do a little sound check because I turn off volume like all the way down. Check, check, check. Can't win it. Check again. <laughs> My check. Mic yeah, check. It's gone now. Mic check. How it is? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. I'm so sorry, uh, Kira. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what I was saying. Um, uh, I can, I can, I can um say that uh, emotionally, I can. I can relate to it being one of those things where we talked about this before, like my vulnerability issues and not being able to like fully express myself or feeling like I don't want to lean on anybody comes from me not having space in my childhood to do so. Mm -hmm. So whenever, you know, a lot of times we'd have really, really good weeks or really good months or really good days in my household, but then, you know, something big and traumatic would happen and then we shut down. Right. And the reason being was, 
if mama's crying, if she is, you know, looking like she's in despair, how can I then be sad? Because then I'm a burden on her. You get what I'm saying? So for me, I learned to like suppress um, a lot of my negative emotions. I learned to just kind of shut in on myself. And even though I wasn't happy all the time, what I did was I tried to make sure that I wasn't a burden to anybody. And so I take that and I, I apply that to like other areas of my life too. I try to always make sure I'm not a burden. Like, And one of the things that my family always tells me is, oh, you're the one that we don't have to worry about. And I'm just like, that's because I've never had a safe space to <laughs> express yeah. myself. I, you, I need you, know, you to work a little you bit. Should, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, worry I worry about me a lot. <laughs> okay. I, and I feel like, like I have a, a place to, some love. Right. You want a place to lay it down, but you know, you don't want to ask the people that are always now used to you um, being their fortress for that kind of space because then you're going to go and revert back to that childhood feeling of not wanting to be a burden and so that's something I struggle with a lot um my family you know mentally emotionally and you know in all other areas they're in a better place and they tell me all the time that you know you know we never know what's going on with you we wish you would open up to us more and I'm just like it's going to take a lot for me to do that that y'all don't realize because this is not just something I chose to do. This is something that kind of helped me in my childhood that kind of protected me and that I learned from those mommy and daddy issues. Right. You put a defense up. Yeah. And I can definitely relate to both of y'all. Um, I recognize my mommy issues with how I communicate with people. And not just friends, just people in general. Like, I don't like to make anyone mad. I hate when people are upset with me. And it's like I'm trying to prove to you that I'm worth being in your life. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's because growing up, I had to show my mom, like, I'm worth a spot for you to to love me, to appreciate me. Like, look what I'm doing. Look, you know, I'm graduating from high school and it was like uh it's not that big of a deal Mm. okay I'm going to college uh it's not that big of a deal but growing up being the only girl in the house like that was difficult because it was like praise to all the guys all the boys in the house it was oh he's easier to deal with you're not so easy you have the attitudes uh mood swings I don't have time for it but it was like, no, my look like I don't have an attitude today. I'm I'm okay. I'm good. I'm easygoing. And I kind of seen that in my relationships with friends. Like they would kind of talk to me any kind of way sometimes. And it even came to a point where like one of my friends, she was no, like, my really? friends. <laughs> she, she really wasn't. Um, but it was hard to just to, to distinguish that um because when I would do for her, like I would go to her house and wash her dishes and clean up and, you know, cook. And she was just like, yeah, okay, this is what you want to do. But those are the things that I would do for my mom to make her feel like, you know, I'm worthy of living in your household. I'm, I'm 15, 16 years old, but I'm worthy of living in your household. Like I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, you know, look what I'm doing. And so my mom was like, I'm sorry. Do you feel like you struggle with like self-worth as a like overarching thing in your life? Definitely. It it took a lot like 
being happy that I'm alive, like, it was big. Like, it took me up until I was, like, 23 years old. Having my second daughter was like, okay, I'm supposed to be here. I'm, God has me here for a reason mm-hmm. because I was ignored. Um, I was, meant, like, I was like a Cinderella, like, clean up and just get out my face. Like, there's no conversation. Like, you know, like, you're excited about telling your mom about your first boyfriend or your A that you got in class, something you're proud of yourself. Like, look at what I did or look what I'm doing. Just the basic little things in life. And I was meant to feel like nothing. Like, uh, you're supposed to get an A in school. Uh, boys ain't worth nothing. I don't know why. He don't like you like that anyway. He probably just wants one thing. So I even took that into relationships. Like it was hard to kind of get close to men because in the back of my head, what my mom said, like, he don't really want you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's difficult, hard Thank stuff. <laughs> I agree more with you, Cancer, that though. Like with my mom, mom issues, I don't want to be like, like I'm a burden on people. I don't want to be an emotional burden. I don't want to be like any kind of burden on nobody. So I just kind of like, just stick to myself. Like I build up walls just to like see who care enough to come around on the other side, not necessarily to keep myself out, but I don't want to feel like a burden on people. Right. Um, I think one of the last ones I had, Nick, uh, you didn't spark something else in my thoughts. Um, I was thinking for me, it was a little bit of the opposite. So for my mom, she'll tell me all the time how proud she is of me. And, you know, that is a sense of of pride that I get, but she'll tell me she's proud of me because I'm doing all the things that she couldn't do. And so when I was younger, because I didn't know how to internalize it, I was doing it wrong. And so I I let that be a a pressure for me to live up to all those dreams that she felt like she couldn't live up to, you know what I'm saying? Or she couldn't do herself. And so whether it was college, whether it was, um, you know, going into the services, whether it was you know, not getting pregnant at a certain age, um, not having sex until a certain age, like all those different things, living up to the good girl image. I was doing it in the name of her being able to say that she could live vicariously through uh, vicariously through me. And so it became such a pressure that it, you know, it was one of those things that ate it into me having like really bad, um, you know, anxiety. And I had to come to terms with that, that, you know, a lot of that stuff stemmed from those childhood connections with my mom and my dad. You know, like I said, we we always think about dad, but um, we don't include mom in that conversation a lot of times. Right. I think my mom issues connect directly to my like love language, because because like when I was younger, I didn't get a lot of like words of affirmation when I did accomplish things that you know like you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't get that, so now I I find myself like. Searching looking for, for that it, yeah. yeah searching for it like sometimes I might do something good and I'm not even like happy until somebody like acknowledges right or give me like affirmation like this is good you know what I'm saying but now you got me thinking because mine is uh, words of affirmation <laughs> Bruh, so I'm like what listen. if mine came from old relationships <laughs> I, I can't say that came because one thing that you know my household did do really well was they did affirm me a lot um but what's my mm-hmm. second one quality time maybe I'm sorry, y'all. I didn't got off. <laughs> he did spark something. Though, <laughs> yeah, like, he did. That's why I act the way I act. And but that's funny I because I didn't get that. Yeah. yeah, and it's funny because um, 
I don't like to be touched by anybody. Like it's difficult for me to have physical touch that's not, yeah, that's not sexual. Like I wouldn't be able to go come and hug you. You don't like, like affection like that at all. Like I'm not the hey, how you doing? Give me a hug. Yeah. It makes me feel completely uncomfortable. But it's because like my mom never showed me affection like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. Like even now she'll be like, come give me a hug. So do you What's think wrong? that do you think that you really don't want it or do you think it just feels strange? It feels strange. It's yeah, like I, I, I try. Yeah, I try. Like even one of my friends, she'll come hug and kiss me on the cheek. And I'm like, mm. she's like, I'm going to make you affectionate. No, I do all my friends. Like. <laughs> yeah, she does. And I hate it. But um, yeah. <laughs> but I try to do that with my kids. Like, I'm very affectionate with my kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I can yep. take that love and affection from my kids because I don't want them to be like that. Right. Like, I think that does cause an issue, especially in, in my relationships with men, because, like, I'll be excited to see you. But like, oh, you want to cuddle? <laughs> Maybe for a little while. Then it gets uncomfortable. <laughs> but, yeah, like, to think about it, like, yeah, I, I can't just go and hug my mom. I can't just go lay in a bed and cuddle under my mom. Like I've never, but my brother is, my brother's overly affectionate. <laughs> what is your top love language? Um, Gifts. A oh, girl, good. <laughs> go ahead and speak it. Gifts. <laughs> I am gifts. That's gifts. a concrete item that you can have. Yes. Gifts and quality time. Got it. I'm starting to think, I think words of affirmation does play into it. Not so much because, you know, I did get affirmed, but when it came to the things in the, in the household that we should have been talking about and the things that we should have been calling people out on, we didn't do it. So my words of affirmation being my love language is the fact that I need to I have an honors conversation. I need to talk about the things that matter. I need to hear, you know, why. And I need to know like that. Details. Right. You know, so that's how mine kind of manifests, I guess. Yeah. Same um, for me, too. Oh, go ahead. I'm um, sorry. You good. Same for me. Like, we didn't talk about a lot of stuff. So, like, in relationships, I'm like, why? Why do you feel that way? You know, tell me, tell me what I, what, why do I do that for you? Or how do I make you feel? Like, I need details. And then, like, even today, I'm thinking, like, my mom, she'll, like, come hug me. But, like, I be looking at her like, what? What are you doing? Because, like, she didn't do it when I was younger. So now I'm, like, uh, I don't – it's not that – I'm not going to say I don't need it. But it's, like, uh, okay. Like, I can do without it if you don't do it or if you do it. But if you do it, I'm kind of, like, standoffish and looking at you like, what you doing? I guess yeah, – like- with me and well me and crystal say the same thing a little bit like if we show affection first then it's okay but if you show mm-hmm. affection if you show affection first then i'm like uh-uh this is uncomfortable for me you have to be somebody i know and i have that connection with for you to just get openly give me affection if you come up to me and like we just acquaintances or we kind of cool and you touch me i don't want it <laughs> like, right <laughs> i don't want it but yeah i still remember the first time like like i hugged you or like me and you held hands and that like you you get better throughout the years of like accepting my my gifts of affection mm-hmm. i still <laughs> give you that look though what you doing <laughs> it still just make me feel weird if you waiting for affection for me you probably be waiting for a long time and like <laughs> when, you, like, <laughs> when you like force me to give it i just you still gonna be waiting because i'm gonna be looking like oh i was supposed to do that oh well i guess i missed the opportunity like <laughs> 
So have y'all dated someone with mommy issues and how how has that experience been? Don't need to get the now like so. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I really don't I can't remember. I don't know. I think I dated someone with the the one that uh, Nick was talking about with you know the high expectations and if oh, my yeah. mom can do all this then you should be able to do it no problem. I'm just like I'm not your mom. Mm-hmm. Telling me like to cook a certain way because your mama do it that way. Uh, so yeah, you can do it oh, you slap. <laughs> now I had a um actually the same guy. Um, he didn't like my cooking. He was like, "Oh, what?" Well, I'm not gonna say it. he didn't like it. Yeah, I'm not gonna say he didn't like it because he would eat it. He would criticize it like, "Oh, if you you gotta taste my mom's turkey wings, they the bomb." They, not saying yours ain't good, but my mom's can't nobody cook like my mom. And then I had them, and it was salty. <laughs> you hear that? If you listening, your mama's chicken salty. wings, turkey wings is salty, okay? And they nasty chicken too. Wing, chicken wings. Yeah, they were they were hard to eat. They were really hard to eat, and they were tough. So she ain't let them cook. Yeah. <laughs> you really feel so tough. Melka's when you sit and think of it like you were really sitting here making me feel bad about my cooking. That girl was slaving that kitchen. <laughs> that thing messed her up. She's the look, she got a flashback, got mad all over again. That it triggered her. Yeah, because I remember him bringing, um, and it wasn't even for me, it was for him. He brought home some turkey wings and put them in the refrigerator. And I think it was like lunchtime ago. I was working from home and I was like, hey, I'm going to eat this plate of food that you have in the refrigerator so I don't have to go out. And he was like, oh, sure. My mom could that. You're going to enjoy it. <laughs> you I can't that thing in the trash. for the next two months without feeling some type of way. <laughs> like, no. No. Mine was falling off the bone good. I also had to deal Better. with the, that, uh, that good girl. It, I think a lot of guys do this, too. When their mom is like, it's that sainthood where it's like, she's just perfect. <laughs> But you don't she really was so know good. About your mama though, so no, don't do but it. they don't know. But not, they don't know. But like, she's just so good. She did everything right. You know, she didn't. She dressed a certain way. She didn't do certain stuff. And so they come and they think that you're supposed to like Listen, behave the same don't way. Bring that energy. Yes. Over. Or that you're supposed to censor yourself to a certain level when mm-hmm. you're around their mom. I'm like, I'm not. Doing I'm not. <laughs> nope. I noticed that with men that I have dated that have two parent homes. Yes. And yeah. Their moms are, are a certain way, and they got their dad, and they want to be just like their dad. So they're you like, "Oh no, mom. yeah, you got to be my mom." Like, no, you don't. Your mom is probably a hussy. Ooh. Well, I. <laughs> 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 Who mom you <laughs> No, I'm just saying, like, you don't know what your mom and dad went through to get to where they are today. You right. don't see the right. arguments, and you don't see. You just see the results. That's or they did, and see. they blocked it out in their minds, and they still see their mom as an angel. And your mom like to bust it wide too, so get out of <laughs> my face, okay? Yeah, I How know you my mom like to bust it wide. I got hit. To... <laughs> <laughs> my mom probably was doing some amazing tricks, and my uh, dad, was, my dad was older than her too. She been doing, she been doing something. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I can say, like my mom has been married three. Like my mom has never been like not married. She's on oh, your mom. Okay. Yes. So she was doing something. Okay. I, hey, tell your mom, mom let me Your mama up. got that hooked on phonics, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Married. If you like it, then you better put a ring on it. That's it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I tell your mom I need to have time. her on the episode real quick. <laughs> Every time, going to put a ring on it. 
Yeah, um, every there is no other time. She's been married. She was married to my father for 17 years and he died. And geez. then yeah, she got married right after that. And he left, and then she got married right after that. She don't dwell. Your mama must be um cooking the spaghetti. She can't cook. She can't. Oh, 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 she can't even cook. Oh no, nah. I gotta help her on the episode. Bro, she, she yeah, can. bring her on because I need to know. Well, Look, <laughs> hotels, LBF edition. <laughs> like, like exactly. My mama said she don't cook. She'll clean, but you're a grown man. Clean behind yourself. She don't cook she, and clean. She clean. That's what Cardi needs to clean. That's what they said. Maybe Kira, we but, doing something wrong. Cardi yeah. just said that. Kira, she don't, she don't clean. Kira, we doing something wrong. The officer uh showed her wrong. She was sweeping the floor. Hell yeah. Petty. So much. She lied to y'all. She do clean. <laughs> yeah, like, my uh, mom please now. I, I'm not gonna put out there like she don't clean. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just you know, we just kidding. Um what you got, Guala, from your perspective as a man, like how do uh how has your experience with women um with mommy issues been as far as dating? Um, pretty much like all I was saying before, man. I'm like Women tell me I'm nonchalant. I get that a lot. But it's not that I don't care. It's just because I didn't I wasn't able to show like affection to my mom. It's like I don't know how to do it. I don't think I was taught how to do it. So and then when I'm you trying to teach me, it's like weird. Like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't like the way this feels. I feel like it's making me more vulnerable than I'm already being in the relationship. So do you recognize it in those females? Like, do you recognize if they have mommy issues? Yeah, like not your own theirs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't your damn mama, so. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah, but I uh, notice it mostly like uh, a lot of women that's like raised by both parents. It's kind of like the same thing. Their dad is always the bad guy. So like in every situation, they make me the bad guy. And like something she she's doing could be like totally wrong. But it's like everything I did in that situation was wrong. I'm like, I'm trying to be mature, but you acting immature. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think that's my experience with mommy issues. They're trying to be the saint because they picture their mama the saint. Never do any wrong. So yeah. you're, so you always got to be the scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Got it. I think everyone has mommy issues to a certain point. Like some are more horrible than others. Mm-hmm. Because I don't always view mommy issues as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it can be a motivator. Like, yeah. Um, or even like I see some things that people like sometimes your mom is like she means well. Yeah, she means well, but she doesn't realize how she's damaging you. Mm-hmm. And so that's mm-hmm. the story of like where I'm coming from with, you know, my experience. And one of the things that I like people should realize with either this conversation or the daddy issues conversation is we're talking about humans, you know, imperfect beings that are trying to, you know, raise a, a whole new life. And that's going to come with its own set of imperfections. If, you know, any parent can tell you, and I'm not a parent, but any parent I'm sure can tell you that they just hope they're doing it right. You know what I'm saying? Because you're taking your own life experience and you're still trying to be involved in a whole different life experience. So you're taking all the emotions, your, you know, everything that that comes with, like your good and your bad. So just as much as we get, you know, the bad from our parents, we get the good too. 
But I think that, you know, sometimes we just need to talk about the bad a little bit. <laughs> right. <laughs> when it, especially when it comes to mothers, because we never do it. Like, we never really talk about, like, how, you know, our mommy issues manifest or how it affects us. Um, and we just sweep it under the rug. That's one of those things in the Black household that's so d- taboo to talk about. You don't talk about mama. Right. Yeah. You're not supposed to talk about mama. Mama, make sure you eat. Mama, make sure you have what you have. Right. <clears throat> mama, mama brought you in this world and she'll take you out. Okay. <laughs> yep. So what's been the most damaging dynamic between you guys personally and your mother? The competition. Mm. Like, it's like, especially now that I'm a mom, it's like we're always in competition. Or like if I try to take a moment to like vent to her which is like slim to none because of the way the conversation goes like she always you know inputs like what's going on in her life or you know how she can relate you you good did it might go out did it freeze did yeah it look like they froze <laughs> yeah he froze <laughs> but i you know until they let's see froze Okay, okay, yeah, you good, man. Y'all, so y'all ain't hear nothing I just said. We no. no, 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 no. We're so important. The competition. The competition. Yeah, start the competition part. Like, oh, you said the the last thing you said was, um, you know, basically being in comparison. Like, if you bring something up, she has to, you know, start talking about, you know, something she's going through that's similar. Yeah, like my life goes on the back burner, basically. Um, or even like when it comes to raising my son, you know, she tries to implement the same things that she did with me but I'm like we're not doing it like that like everything you did didn't work for me you know it worked I mean I'm I'm good you know you raised me and you know I'm here but at the same time like I had to unlearn some stuff and I'm not trying to put that on my son and instill that in him like we're doing it different got it um I can agree um the same the competition um with not just raising my kids, but just living life, um, wanting to enjoy life. Because my mom, she got to enjoy life regardless that if I was here or not. But once my brothers came into the picture, she was like locked down. She was more of um, more motherly mm-hmm. to them than to me. She was kind of just learning with me because she mm-hmm. was young. So me being you know I'm not old (laughs) I don't feel old so I'm still going to enjoy life I'm still going to go out I'm still going to go on trips I'm still an individual right and she comes like a a real hard with well I used to sit in the house because Mm. there was nobody you know so why so I went out there I knew how to sit my tail down no um you're over there in the amen corner (laughs) Listen, because okay. oh, I have forgot that one. Yep, <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> or even it, like I think, matter of fact, today we, um, me and my brother were going through pictures. He was looking for his baby picture, um, and we were going through pictures. And I was like, you know what? To say you talk a lot about my kids' hair not being done a lot, my hair was never done. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, no comment. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't want to hear that no more. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, the competition, the the competition of who is the better mother and it's like, you should be just encouraging me to be the best mother I can be because there is no wrong or right way. Exactly. Like we're still trying to learn life for ourselves, you know, and then, you know, we have another human to be responsible for. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot, you know, trying to find a balance, but trying to get my stuff together 
and at the same time trying to make sure that I unlearn unlearn things so I don't you know put that on my son or you know our children like it's a lot I'm just like sometimes I just need you to tell me that I'm doing a good job and not tell me what I'm doing wrong in your eyes Mm. yeah just tell me you know what you're doing good that's it yeah that's it that would make everything in life better between us in conversation instead of saying well you could have did this yeah (laughs) why you ain't doing this why don't you do it like this I think mothers are hard on their daughters the way that fathers are hard on their sons in a lot of ways um especially when it comes to motherhood I think with the fathers it's more so of like a lifestyle thing and with mothers it's more of a motherhood thing especially um what you got Guala? I'm gonna go last because I'm gonna segue into the next segment okay um for me man it was just uh not being there I mean as like a young man that's growing and trying to learn the world, you want to experience like your accomplishment with your mother. You know what I'm saying? Like you brought me here and I want to show you what I can do. You know what I'm saying? What I can accomplish. And I want you to experience it with me. And I'm just not being there. It's kind of like the, like one of the biggest things. Like I remember uh, me, I'm the youngest of my mom's kids and I was the first to graduate high school. And I remember this whole, situation where I'm inviting my mom to my graduation you know I'm even offering like if you need a ride you need anything just let me know I just really want you to be here and uh she's like oh I'm gonna be there you know just making like this big fuss because I gave her one ticket to come and I didn't give her another ticket so she could bring her husband and then she didn't even show up so it's like the whole time I'm graduating I'm like mad I'm supposed to be enjoying this moment in life but I can't because the one the one person I really want to be here ain't even here and she made it about her. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. made it about her. And it was just like, dang, like. Have we dated like our mothers in a way, like in some way, an aspect in our, like when we think about our dating lives, I know we said we look for like certain qualities in people, but do we feel like, I don't know. I'm going to go into the, I'm going to segue into the next one because that question hasn't really developed yet. Um. As far as me, like the most damaging dynamic is me stepping into like the role, the masculine role with my mother, um, being the protector in some ways, making sure like I'm the provider, um, making sure like she's always safe. She feels secure. She has what she needs. Um, very much, you know, it's the stereotypical like how sons become their mother's husbands. I feel like um, like all of us like you know, my other sisters have done that on some level and it's damaging, not because it's something I wouldn't want to do, you know, because I think when I was a child um, and I felt helpless, I wanted to feel my strongest so I could protect her, but it's damaging because I can never be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm always your protector, if I'm always your provider, if I'm always the one that saves you, if I'm always the one that's stoic, then how can I fall apart with you? Right. You know, so that's something that I struggle with all the time. Um, for my own little story time, I'll, I'll tell you, um, my dad did pass away a couple of years ago. Um, and it wasn't until recently that I decided that I was going to surprise my mom with a tombstone for him this past uh, Father's Day. 
so this past Father's Day was not only my mother's birthday, but it was Father's Day and it was their anniversary. So I went, I drove like an hour and a half to pick up the, the stone. I had to wait for them to finish it. Then I drove all the way back. I dug the hole, you know, planted the stuff and actually like, you know, put, put the stone in the ground so I could surprise her with it. Mm-hmm. And the only time I cried was by myself. Like I was in the car. I had my dad's stone in the back seat, and, you know, I just cried and, and you know, released. And I had kind of hoped that I was able to cry with her. But when she got there, it was just this innate thing in me that would not let me release in that way. Mm -hmm. And I realized that my vulnerability issues run so deep because I have internalized being that protector, being that one that I always feel like if I show too much emotion, then I'm making less room for someone else's. And that comes from my childhood. And so I had to be real with myself and say, hey, you got to talk to her about this. You know, you got to be honest with, you know, telling her that you want to have these moments with her. You want to share, you know, in happy tears and sad tears. You want to be able to be vulnerable, but you just you're starting to learn how to do that. And you have to peel back some of those layers because they're so thick. You know, when you want to do something and you just you're you have not been programmed to do it that way, <laughs> um, essentially. So that's my segue into um, children being placed in roles not meant for them, you know, whether it's as parents, whether it's as spouses. Like, what do y'all think about that? Like in those dynamics? Ooh. Um. <laughs> Because I'm the oldest mm-hmm. of three kids, and I'm the only girl. So, like, I was placed, like I said, I, I was like a, like a Cinderella. Like, I was the at-home babysitter. I was the person that had to clean up behind I had to clean up my brother's room. Like, I had that role. And if it wasn't done, I was in trouble. They were in trouble for not cleaning their room. I was in trouble for not making sure it was clean. So it's like I had to be the overseer of the house. Like I had to make sure this was done or completed or I would be blamed for it. Right. So it's like I like I was the head of the household. If a bill can't get paid and, you know, I'm working, but my little checks, especially being young. I'm trying to get my nails done. (laughs) Not even that. Like, you know, my little tiny funds, like back then, Lord, I probably was bringing in maybe 150 a week and trying to go to school, you know, like working and going to school. And you're putting your household issues on me. Like, I can't pay this bill. What am I going to do? And I'm like, yeah, okay, now. And that's part of the reason why I did quit school. Like, I got to work. I got to make sure this is done. Or my mom's going to stress out. And I don't want to see my mom stress. So, like, I kind of had to take on that role to make sure everybody, everybody was good. So you became her partner. You became her partner and stopped being her daughter at some point. And that has, I think we glorify that so much. Like, oh, I'm going to take care of my mom. But it's just like, do you have space to be the son? Do you have space to be the daughter? That's it's so much that goes into that man it's so draining sometimes I just, mm, yeah. <laughs> and I hit a nerve <laughs> yes <laughs> I'll tell you, would you I didn't know if you heard like the 
I got you. Okay, got you. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, the role for me um was just like I, like I said, I was the youngest, but uh, more so I had to take on a, like a lot of financial responsibilities. There's been times when my mom couldn't do this and couldn't do that, you know, and I pay it. It's been times when my brother asks her for money and she's like, ask your brother. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, I always had that role. And even with, uh, after my mom passed away, you know what I'm saying? I was the only one, like, everybody looked at me to, like, take care of everything. So mm-hmm. I always had to kind of, like, play that role. And I think it, it really, like, comes from, like, my dad, the type of man he was compared to, like, uh, my brothers and sisters, fathers. You know what I'm saying? Just the type of man he was for his kids. It kind of, like, pushed that role on me. Right. I think we um we look at those dynamics, it's always like that child is filling a void that's already there that's not meant for them to actually feel and it's like you're never gonna be able to do it, you know, and so you exhaust yourself trying to complete your mom essentially and complete whatever she is missing in her life and you drain yourself to the point where either you'll come out of it jaded come out of it with those trust issues, come out of it hyper-masculine, come out of it hyper-independent, and you take all that stuff into your own life where it's just like a lot of times you're confused of where, where it even started because you're so used to playing that that role. Mm-hmm. So the next one is children living up to expectations that their mothers didn't even uh, live up to. So living out your parents' dreams or abiding by a moral code they don't follow strictly. Um, examples I have for that was like PK children, daughters marrying, pressure to live a modest life like mother did. Like, so what do y'all think about that? Um, for me, uh, with my mom, like it was always, you better not get pregnant, blah, 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 blah. Like, everything <laughs> was, sur- you know, surrounded by don't get pregnant. And it was to the point, like, sorry, Guala. Like, it, when it came to, like, my cycle, like, if, <laughs> if it was, like, really, really bad or whatever, and I threw up or whatever, like, she, are you pregnant? And I'm just like, bro, like, come come on, man. Like, chill out. And so, like, when I did get pregnant and sh- the way she reacted, like, she was excited, I didn't know how to handle that. I was like, I'm the whole time I'm stressed out, you know, <laughs> Calling trying, to, <laughs> trying to be like you know if, do I tell her now like when it, when is the right time to tell her and when I told her she was excited and I'm looking like who are you right now like because you then put this idea in my head that if I get pregnant like I'm going to hell basically so <laughs> and it was just like I was yeah <laughs> it, it was traumatizing for me in a way and just even like now like as a mom me trying to find a balance and be an individual she she likes to kind of turn her nose up at me and I'm like I remember it was a lot of times like you had my grandma like I was at my grandma house (laughs) all the time and you out traveling you doing whatever you want to do or whatever but when I ask you to watch my son it's like where you going what you doing how long you gonna be out all these questions like I'm not supposed to live a life I'm just supposed to be a mom and that's it yeah, this generation of grandparents don't know how to be grandparents. Nah, not at all. <laughs> Y'all mama said they in their prime right now. Y'all better come, come back a little bit later when they <laughs> But I will say this. It's just with me and my kids. Um, my brother just recently had um, a kid. And 
And going back to what you said, like your mom was excited about you being pregnant. My mom got pregnant with me when she was like 18. So I didn't have my first child until I was 22. So I felt like, you know, I'm out of school. I'm working. I'm taking care of myself. Like you aren't even taking care of me. I'm helping you in this household. When I got pregnant, I was happy. I was excited. Like this is a new experience. I'm Googling stuff. You know, I was happy to tell her, but it was like, oh my God, you're pregnant. And it became about her, her stress. Mm -hmm. Like, you're stressing me out. I can't believe you're pregnant. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? Nothing, because you ain't got to take care of it. So, like, it kind of came into it, like, like, I lived up to your expectation of not getting pregnant at a very young age and finishing, not, well, finishing high school, I say that, um, trying to you know I got into college I got a job I'm working I've never been um unemployed so like I'm I'm doing better than you did even though you didn't want me to but I'm still doing better than you did and because I got pregnant outside of wedlock you're upset with me I'm ruined as -hmm. she would call it and she will always say that you're ruined oh wow it's crazy and she because she feels that way like it's going to be harder for me to find a husband and not in this day and age (laughs) first off wait wait a minute i take that back (laughs) it's so crazy because like with my brother my brother's been with the same look well i same little girl a lot same girl since middle school and my mom kind of pushed that together like she kind of forced that like oh y'all need to stay together so they just had there are two in middle school. <laughs> so, that's puppy love. I don't even know. This is a full dog yet. You talking about stay oh together? This ain't got no bark yeah. and bite. Like, what is this? <laughs> but they just had their first child together, had my first nephew. And it was the excitement. They're not they're not married. Not, they're not married at all. They live together, but they're not married. No wedding date, no nothing, but they come in law married. <laughs> well, that's that that's that double standard that's showing up. Yeah. That's that like, sexism that's been internalized, that misogyny that's been internalized. Like, well, yeah. I think a lot of, you know, parents of a different generation struggle with that internalized misogyny where they push their daughters to um have a more strict moral code than they do their sons. And we talk about how that manifests when, you know, dads interact with their daughters, but moms are some of the roughest ones when it comes to how they want their daughters to behave, how they expect their daughters to be chaste and to keep their legs closed and to not know mm-hmm. they're sexual and all this, you know, that and the third. And then when you look at how they treat their sons, it's the polar opposite, you know? Yeah. Cause my mom hates that I date multiple men. Like, how are they going to respect you? Um, woman, they can do what they want <laughs> until they decide they want a relationship with me. I'm going to date. But when it came to my brother, even when I think at a moment in time, him and the girl broke up, it she didn't get her. Yeah. yeah, do what you do. He's a man. Oh, mm. he's a man like the man I'm dating. I think for me, it was uh, more so nonverbal, where it was like the expectations were to, you know, my mom, she is very much, she's great, you know what I'm saying? And she, 
she feeds into me. She affirms me in a lot of ways, but it's also those I had to kind of reteach her how to parent me in particular, because I was the one daughter who kind of went outside of the blueprint. And so it was just like, I don't want to get, I don't want to have children. I don't, I didn't even know if I want to have children at that point. I don't know, you know what I'm saying? If, you know, at a certain point I want to get married, I didn't know those things, but for my sisters, it was a lot easier they wanted those things and so they kind of fell into the same kind of moral code that she was you know living her life by for me I was just like I'd rather have a career I'd rather explore I'd rather go out here and get it out the mud by myself (laughs) (laughs) you know I'd rather be someone who has her own agency and be able to define myself for myself outside of being a wife and outside of being a mother and so it was a journey for her to understand that too where it was just like that means that if I'm going to be my own person I'm going to dress the part and I still have to tell her like mom don't you if you talk about some pictures I done posted don't come this way don't follow me because my mom is blocked look (laughs) she said like what was that Christmas and so on the way to being blocked (laughs) <laughs> we, we was just finishing up Christmas dinner and, um, you know, my uncles and, you know, family members came over and she was just like one of my family members. They was like, yeah, I love what you're doing with the podcast. And I listen and you always be, you know, doing your own thing or whatever. My mom was just like, oh, she don't let me follow her. I was like, <laughs> when you prepared <laughs> to be able to accept all that I, you know, embody and all that I talk about, you can follow me. But I don't think you're there yet because what you're not about to do. It takes my phone telling me, well, you know, baby, you need to be careful about what you post. And I didn't know you was going to be talking about this. I don't know if I like this topic. Well, it's not for you. You know, so I had to kind of reteach her and retrain her that it's a different ways to be women. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's a different way that I am following on how to be my own woman. And you did it your way. Let me do it my way. And let's accept each other fully. But until you can accept the way I do it fully, then. I'm not going to sit here and water myself down for you. You know, you're still my mother. Then maybe, you know, maybe I have to hide some stuff, not hide it, but maybe you don't need to see everything. Right. <laughs> you don't need to share you know, everything with us. I don't need to share everything with you. You know, it's there. You know, if you want to consume it, consume it at your own risk. But otherwise, you know, I don't want you to feel as though you need to have a sit down with me about the way that I choose to live my life. Because I realized a long time ago, as a teenager and as a young woman that the way that you were doing it was not the way for me. Right. I think sometimes our parents have to understand that we're adults. We're adults now. (laughs) We're We're no longer, you know, children. We're still your child, but we're adults now. So we're recognizing things that you didn't recognize. So when I tell you you're wrong, Try to find out why you're wrong. Try to. I, I had to understand my mom that, you know, she's the way she is because of something she experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say, like, our relationship is not, like, great, awesome, none of that. Like, we we have our good days. We have our bad days. And um, I'm actually moving out of her house again. But and she feels some type of way about that. But I had to learn she likes me here. Mm-hmm. she just like, won't say it <laughs> yeah she and she knows she says that she was like I like you here but I think she likes me here because I bring her comfort yeah, for right. some reason and and I appreciate that 
that small little thing, I appreciate that. But I still have to explain to her I'm an adult. Right. Like, I appreciate you allowing me to come home to regroup. Mm-hmm. But I'm still an adult. So I got to go. Own. Yeah, I, I got to go, love. I had Sorry. that conversation with my mother. I had moved back in. I had already graduated college. I had, you know, went and did some other stuff. And I went back home just because I thought that was the right thing to do at the time. And I was so depressed. Um, my mom, she found me in my room. I was on the floor crying one night. Didn't know she was going to walk in there because I would have dried it up. But she called me. And she just could not understand. She was like, I just love having you home. I'm like, it's not about you. I was like, it's not about, you know, being a comfort to you and you feeling you know like you're back in your motherly bag it's about me going out and and being an adult like and Mm -hmm. I want to do that and I need to figure out a way to make that happen so yeah I think you know both you know mothers and fathers have trouble with that but particularly mothers because you know it's a different kind of journey they have with their children yeah because um even when I moved back in with my parents like it's like I immediately stepped into a role for both of them like mm. you know <laughs> and you know they automatically got comfortable with me being there you know I was the clean one you know making sure everything was organized I shifted energy I shifted conversations mm-hmm. you know I just I made stuff better but I'm just like I can't take on this and try to get my life together like I I gotta I gotta pick I got to choose, you know, what's healthy for me and healthy for me looks like moving out and getting my own and not allowing, you know, you guys to put me back into that box that y'all put me in every time I step into your house. Right. So the next one is a little heavy. It's children feeling pressure to accept the same abuse that their, you know, mother did. So standards that mother accepted, um, you know, having to challenge that. And if you do challenge that, it feels like you you are made to feel guilty for challenging those belief systems or those standards. So the best example I have of that is um, when I decided for myself that I'm like, you know, I do want to wait to, you know, be a mom and to to be a wife, like, um, or... I don't I don't want to allow men to treat me in a certain way. I had a conversation with my mom after one of my recent relationships and she couldn't understand what the issue was, you know, and instead of her trying to be there for me as I felt like she could have, she immediately she immediately reverted back to her own uh, understanding through the lens of like emotional abuse that she was used to. And so I had to explain to her, um, it was actually like a year later when I explained to her, I'm like, this is why what you, you know, um, the advice you gave me was problematic because you were telling me to accept something that was even unhealthy for you. And I decided for myself that I wanted more and that I deserved it. And I needed you to be on my team to be on my side but as you know someone you know that grows in their own life too I had to understand that she had to get to a point where she could see that for mm-hmm. herself because if she was still in that you know journey on her own she wouldn't be able to understand what I was asking for right 
Hey builders, so what have you just listened to part one of the Mommy Issues episode. We had such a great conversation that it was only right that I didn't keep you for two hours and 30 something minutes. So I had to break it up into two parts. So catch me next week, Monday, for part two of Mommy Issues. Until then, have the conversation, reflect, and I'll see you soon. Relax, heal, and embrace a better you. Spa Danny offers quality yet affordable massages customized just for you. Let Danny create a space for you to hit the pause button. Who doesn't need that at the start of 2021? Why not start today? You can call or text at 843-687-2079. That's 843-687-2079. You can also message her on her business page at spadanny underscore on Instagram. Or follow her on Facebook at Spadanny LLC. You can also book online at spadannyexperience.com. That's spadannyexperience.com. Treat yourself, be good to yourself, and let 2021 be a whole vibe.